Good morning, Darren, and welcome to the Low Carb Paleo Show. Uh, good morning, Aileen. Glad to, glad to be here. It's our pleasure, and good morning, Mark. How are you doing? Wonderful, thank you. I can't complain whatsoever, and there's no point because no one listens when you do either. But fine, how do you do? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark. Darren, you call yourself a global superfood hunter, and you found Baruca nuts during one of your trips to Brazil. But first, let's talk about you a little. Uh, what can you tell us about your professional background? Um, well, I, I think it started when I um, was in college. Uh, it was the first time where I was uh, thinking I was going down a path. I got hurt uh, playing college American football. And then that sent me down this path of studying uh, in my undergrad, physiology, nutrition, kinesiology, all of those things. And, and as soon as I started learning about the body, it was quick, quick to realize that it was a incredible uh, machine that we've, we get to carry around with us. And, and, and with that, uh, what you do with it, um, what you put in your body radically changes. Um, and so all of those roads kind of started coming together. Um, and then after I graduated, I moved to, from Minnesota to Boulder, Colorado, where I studied uh, more physiology and rehabilitation and, and nutrition. Um, and I worked with a, a group uh, studying movement and rehabilitation. And, and then I kind of was at this place where I saw the intersection between really the consciousness of someone as it relates to how they got better or how they developed habits or not developed habits. And then so I got a master's in psychology um, and I'm eternally fascinated with the relationship we have with ourselves, uh, with with our relationship with the planet, the universe, and all of those things, and really, then the category of of taking care of yourself through health and movement and uh, nutrition um, that took a turn professionally because I was playing around with herbs and studying and researching and I really saw the industries not doing things properly from a control perspective from a quality perspective and so it mm -hmm. just kind of dawned on me kind of the blue collar farmer uh, in me meaning that my family is from that region in, in Minnesota my dad was an agricultural professor at the University mm -hmm. of Minnesota I then took on kind of this idea of, well, if I'm seeing products that are not done correctly, mm -hmm. then I need to go find out why and what I can potentially do about it. Not thinking that I was going to create a business necessarily, but I was needing to investigate that. So I started jumping on planes and and ending up in the Amazons and the Himalayas and, and everything in between, really being able to look under the hood of what was going on in food systems and in uh, botanical processing, working directly with indigenous people. So when my father passed away in 2005 of alcoholism, that was really a point in my life where it, it was 
what I was doing, I said, listen, I really need to bring this out to the world because I'm discovering a lot of amazing things that can help people. Mm -hmm. And I believe the, the more we take control of our, our, our bodies and our eating and our health, the more we have available to us to live the kind of life that we want. So we don't have to kind of run around suffering. So when my father passed, I then took what I was learning and said, listen, I'm going to start formulating these things. I'm going to start bringing out some underutilized and not discovered botanicals. And in the process of really committing, that's when I got hired by the company Beachbody in the U.S., which is a very successful workout company. And they hired me to formulate a new product. Um, and that product was called Shakeology, and it continues to sell to this day. Um, so that was the pursuit. And then for the next 10 years, I've been still traveling around uh, investigating plants and seeing if there's commercial viability of making sure that it's a win for the indigenous people that are either growing or collecting, that the quality control is of high standards, especially in a lot of third world situations. Mm -hmm. And then in that pursuit, you come across these kind of not only the amazing stories of culture, of right. being in, in the middle of nowhere and getting to know people and how they view the world and how they uh, use some of these plants, uh, some of which have been used for 10 to 20,000 years, if not even more. Um, in those pursuits, the beautiful thing is you come into many situations where you know nothing and you're a complete student. And that's what I love probably the most. And that's the same way that Baruca's this amazing nut out of the Sahadu of Brazil came about. I was discovering something else in the Amazon of Brazil. And then a Brazilian uh, got my attention and reached out to me telling me about this, this nut. And uh, in that pursuit of learning about it, I've come to realize the nut itself was one of the most delicious nuts because there's no barrier to entry of a palate at that point and so that got my attention then when we did the nutritional analysis we come to realize that it had a nutritional superiority than any nut we've ever seen uh, and then it was intimately connected necessary to work directly and fairly with the indigenous people because it's in a landmass the size of three states of Texas or a third of the United States. It's a huge landmass. And that being said, it's being destroyed faster than any natural biome or area on the planet. And no one knows that. And no one knows about it. So factory farming, uh, unsustainable soy and corn and food essentially for cattle. Um, and so the Barozeta tree which is a very special, precious tree in the Sahadu, is what bears the fruit of the, of the Barucas. And so we could then tie it to, if we sell these and create commercial viability, we can then replant yeah. in the, the biome these special trees and give them back to the indigenous people to plant in the wild uh, and build back number one, a stability for them 
a stability for them to have an economy because what we do is we come in and say, we will buy anything and everything you collect in the wild with the Barrozeta tree, the Barucas, and we will pay you fairly and buy everything for the next 20 years. Hmm. So being traveled all over the world, there's nothing better for a collector, a farmer, or a forager that you can say, you go do your work and we will guarantee we're buying it from you. And that doesn't happen. And I've seen it 20 different times in 20 different cultures of it not working. Um, so to be able to do that, and then for every five pounds of barucas we sell, we plant a tree. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that is something we do not compromise on. And so we have nurseries uh, where we have a 95% germination rate of these trees. Um, very strong tree, which part of the reason in the Sahadu, it's so it's such a strong tree developing all these nutrients and antioxidants. Well, that's what we get to benefit from, right? Mm-hmm. So, so as a consumer, you get to eat this delicious nut that happens to uh, be a little vitamin that you're eating as well with all the nutrients that it has. And it's directly connected to everything I said with helping the indigenous people and supporting a healthy biome. And so, so to me, in this place in my career, it's, it's, it's such a blessing to be right. able to, to build a business that has no losses and it's not driven by profit, but the profit mm-hmm. is a pillar of necessity to create the sustainability um but it's not the only thing so we're extremely proud of that and uh and something that i i i just have to support and we have an amazing team that's that's doing the great work uh making it possible cool cool so it's a nut that not only tastes good makes you feel good uh physically but also uh in uh, knowing you're helping other people and cultures. So why did you decide to offer uh, that the Barocas nurse to the paleo keto public? Uh, uh, I guess it was an entryway to the general public. Uh, How did it work? You mean in terms of what marketing through the paleo and keto world? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's number one, from the paleo, I mean, from the, the origins of the paleolithic idea, right? And that is something that has been used indigenously for a long period of time. Um, so, and, and at the same time, it's probably closer to many of the foods that we, we also now call paleolithic or, or keto-friendly because it is a truly wild food. So, so that's the beautiful thing. So it's, 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 it's as connected to a food naturally than any other. So you can't pick it early. Uh, so it has to fall from the tree. That's when the Mm. nut is formed inside Mm. one nut per fruit. Mm. And so the foragers go out and they pick it up. And so we did historical data uh by meeting 
thousands of well, we work with thousands of people and we've had hundreds of meetings digging into all of the historical data and mm. come mm. to realize that we did all the tests on the phytic acids and oxalates and all of that stuff and you you realize that oh they never ingested this nut in its raw form it okay. was never meant to be consumed in the raw form so what they did because it had all these anti-nutrients protecting mm. it right. uh naturally and what they used to do is they took the whole fruit which is about you know the size of of my palm with the one nut inside and they would throw it on the on a fire and in the mm. morning it would be kind of you know an embered fire and it would roast the nut inside which would unlock the nutrients which is so fascinating because you know you do find this where cooking does and fire does unlock certain nutrients and foods mm. and this was very much that whereas as a human or an animal you could eat the fruit on the outside which is a mm -hmm. thin layer but you couldn't eat the nut so right. following the steps in the indigenous people we roast these nuts and it unlocks the nutrients so it becomes very important for the microbiome because it's three times more fiber than almost any nut Mm -hmm. uh and as we know uh the indigenous people our ancestors ate a hundred plus grams of fiber every day and we are sadly missing that mark uh we are the average person is maybe maybe getting 30 grams of fiber mm -hmm. so the fiber aspect and we know now how important the the support of the microbiome uh, and even the uptake, it's even less and less about the nutrients of the food and more about the nutrients of the food as it relates to a healthy micro microflora. And so the, the fiber in Baruchas is, is, is incredible. Um, and and the, the, the fat content is an oleic fat mm -hmm. content so it's high antioxidants more monounsaturated less saturated fat so there mm -hmm. is a less amount of fat in there because of really the environment it's coming in mm -hmm. but then you have it made up in the antioxidant capacity so very high uh two to three times more than any nut we've ever seen of the antioxidants and as we know antioxidants are intimately connected to anti-aging and thwarting mm -hmm. the damage of stress and just cellular metabolism so <clears throat> so the antioxidants become a really important factor and to be able to deliver uh that amount of antioxidants in the barucas is a is a is kind of this side win that is extremely important and then and then you have things the micronutrients so then you're mm -hmm. looking at, okay, calcium, magnesium, zinc, iron. And those are some of the top, especially calcium, magnesium, and iron are some of the lowest we get in food form these days. Um, so to be able to have a food that's delicious, that you can mm -hmm. consume and get your bioavailable micronutrients uh, is, is, is incredible. So it really starts checking all those boxes of like, it's a wild food. It's antioxidant rich. It's coming directly from the indigenous people. It's 
it's supporting the the biome if there's anything more paleolithic it's definitely those categories right um and then to be able to have something taste so well that you can that kids consume it like crazy and there's no barrier to that we don't have to choke it down like some of our other uh botanically rich foods um is is just something uh that makes the marketing of it uh a lot easier because you have no mm. barrier to that entry right. right i'm curious you mentioned the fruit is the fruit around the nut is that uh, edible as, as well yeah so we are we've done some experimenting on that and it's again extremely high in antioxidants mm -hmm. and the the fiber also is super high in that and uh and then micronutrients so what we did was <clears throat> when i saw an old fruit when i was in brazil i saw an old fruit as it relates to one we just gathered and i couldn't tell a physical looking at it couldn't tell the difference and i was like that's a fruit on the outside there's a few millimeters of fruit how is it not breaking down so of course then my brain kicks in and i said well there's something going on with that fruit there, there there's a preservation and that preservation has to be high nutrient value it has to be some antioxidant cacophony going on and mm -hmm. so i started peeling it as we're bouncing around in the car throughout the sahadu and i peeled the fruit on the outside and then i took it home and we started testing it of course we were surprised with more antioxidants more micronutrients and then we ended up dehydrating it more and it mm. became this incredibly nutrient dense um chip that okay. that was delicious and so now we've just announced that we have a Baruca's trail mix with the ultimate alchemy, the fruit from yeah. the outside with the actual nut. And I'm telling you, people go crazy over it because oh, you're getting the health. Yeah. It's incredible. It's just one of those. Uh, I want to try some of that. So <laughs> we'll definitely send <laughs> you some. Yes. So uh, I was, I was wondering about, you know, if there was from the, from what little I knew, is the fruit actually used or is it wasted away or thrown thrown out just to get the, to the nut? So I'm glad that you're use, using the old fruit. 100%. Like it was, a, it was a huge win for us from a business model and from an environmental space. And we're also investigating other ways to use the fruit. So, so you have, keep in mind, you have, you have 25 grams of, as we call the fruit, the whole the whole thing. Yeah. So there's about 10 grams of fruit on the outside and one gram of seed. And the rest is this very hard shell. Right. So yes, capturing uh, another almost 50% of what was wasted with the fruit was extremely important. So we're also looking at uh, other ways, uh, other friends of mine in the carbohydrate to fuel side of things, if we can distill any, if we can't sell all of the fruit, if we can distill it into, into fuel, and potentially we're looking into it, potentially being able to use, uh, um, distribute that fuel throughout the Sahadu uh, mm -hmm. at very cheap, cheap prices. Uh, so those are things that 
in the future uh, we're looking into. And I have a, a really incredible friend, uh, David Bloom, who's one of the, the top experts in permaculture and uh, uh, carbohydrates to fuel. And so he's a good friend and we're, we're potentially exploring that kind of thing. So it really is, a, a, you know, an incredible opportunity um, to have, number one, this situation because um, the the Barucas, um, the Baruzeta tree, number one, was going away. The Brazilian mm. people themselves were closing their doors. They couldn't even make the business viable in their their own country mm. um, because many a lot of passion for it, but many lacked the business acumen mm. to to understand where uh, you know gathering the nuts from the landmass that's a third of the United States is a huge undertaking. So you mm -hmm. can burn a lot of money just transporting that around, storing it, and then being able to prepare it and process it correctly is a huge undertaking. So we right. took all that on uh, and re-employed the people that were passionate about the Brucus, but we created some you know, quality standards set in place, which is then there's many different names for the nut throughout Paraguay, Bolivia, and Brazil. Most of the Sahadu is, is Brazil, and there's many. Castanha is a name, and so some of the common names are, are Baru Nut, uh, 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 Almond, uh, Chiquitanya, uh, you know, all of these things. And so with what we did is we, Baruch is, is kind of like our stamp of mm -hmm. this is the high quality control because as you know in in my world starting this i i care about quality because what's mm -hmm. the point if you don't have quality getting to people so they benefit from it um so uh so barucas really created the stamp of this is the quality standards this is the fair practices within the indigenous people with the fair wages um so that 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 word goes out um, of us helping the environment, helping the people, and getting a high nutrient uh, nut out mm -hmm. to the world. How does it compare to other nuts? Uh, Taste-wise, um, I found it to be kind of a cross between like roasted peanuts and almonds. Is yeah, that uh, a lot of people. Right? A lot of people say that. Yeah, um, and it's got a formidable crunch. You know, yes. so you, yeah, and which is great because, and it's got this light little shell that you can absolutely eat. There's a lot of antioxidants in this tiny little shell. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's peanut and protein and peanuts have a pretty high protein. And so we're right on par with that, but superior than any, any nut. Uh, so the protein, and they're also the, a very important point is which your listeners will love to know is the protein is very high. So seven grams per 30 gram serving. Um, but you're also getting all the essential amino acids. So, okay. so technically it's a seed for all of the people that need that information. It's a droop. Mm -hmm. It's called a droop. Right. It's a seed, but obviously we just call it a nut, um, mm -hmm. for, for ease. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so that, that seed is a, a is an incredible um uh you know delivery system for all these nutrients 
Um, so, and so, yeah. Of course, you have a, a natural other market, which is the vegan vegetarian market. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah. when you're when you're able to deliver on a complete protein, a high amount of uh, micronutrients and antioxidants, and tell a great story of 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 actually supporting the environment. I mean, who doesn't want to support the environment? I mean, I think we, we do all, all of us, I don't care what, you know, you know, kind of dogma we're, we're in, you know, we're all just, we, we know that on our deep level, we want good things for people and we want a good environment and we want to support that. And, 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 and I don't know why more companies don't do that. Um, other than it's hard work. It's yeah. extremely difficult. And I mean, I say all this stuff as if, you know, we just showed up there and we collect these nuts and, and you know, we bring them to the States. It is definitely one of the hardest things we've ever done. And one of the hardest things that I've been involved in because we had, we've had to develop and still developing technology to crack the nuts because mm -hmm. in the wild, they were taking a stone or a machete. And as right. soon as you crack that nut, you expose it to everything. So obviously, there, there's, there's huge barriers to entry. Um, so being able to have the resources, the expertise, and the time to develop this thing is, you know, I'm three and a half years in, and we're still in a massive development stage. So right. mechanisms to crack that very hard nut, mechanisms to shave the fruit, uh, effectively mechanisms to do a kill step um, that you have to through good manufacturing practice uh, practices and and HACCP certifications the quality control standards we have to do certain things which we right. do and mm -hmm. so all of that's time money resources and education within a sy system that has never been used to upgrading in that way so right. so you know I appreciate every nut that I eat. Um, and that's what I want the, the people to understand is these things don't just show up. These things come from, I've, you know, from mountaintops to, to, you know, uh, to Amazons, to the Sahadu, all of these foods, especially these wild botanical nutrient rich foods have a journey to take. And that journey has to be traced every step of the way. Hmm. And I'm kind of answering my own question in the sense that I don't know how people don't do it correctly is because they, they don't look enough under the hood to really see what's going on. They nice. just want to kind of get it out to market and tell the story. Our so to, of to, cl to clarify, to make it easier to understand for our listeners, uh, what are the actual steps from gathering i mean take it from the tree and then yeah. bring it to the package nut how different steps which great question so again the, the there's there's one uh harvest season so mm. the sahadu starts in harvest about august where the nuts are fully matured in the fruit Okay. Um, and if you cut them early, they're basically a milky substance and it hasn't even developed. So you, you don't, you're not going to have people 
going, hey, now we're making money doing this. I'm going to grab them early. Impossible. Mm-hmm. So you have to wait for that window. And when that window hits, we employ tens of thousands of people to gather. And, we ha- and we're moving to create a little card that we give them that they agree to our quality standards and how to do that. So they go out and we guarantee our fair price and we announce that. So there's no brokers that can come in and undercut them. Everyone knows what the price is and everyone's happy with that price. So the person actually doing the work gets the actual money that they deserve. So that's a huge thing because middlemen and brokers can largely take so much from a farmer and a collector. So we've put some place and this, this comes by way of handfuls of meetings that we've had through the years of tribal leaders, elders, indigenous leaders to figure this out about what will work for them. So once that harvest season hits and the fruit starts dropping, now we can collect it. And so every, so basically every two we find, we have them leave one. So there's a natural uh, process where the, the germination can happen in the wild. And then uh, they gather these sacks. Uh, we have collection areas. Again, there's a huge landmass. So we have collection areas where we have certain leaders that are in charge of the collection areas. We have transport s- situations that come and collect those. So we have a three-month window where we're collection centers, schedules, and picking up all this fruit, paying those people for exactly how much they, they collected. We've taken now off of them the cracking in the wild. That's something mm-hmm. that's difficult for them. It's give them everything from bad shoulders to carpal tunnel, and it's extremely uh, difficult for them to, to do that. And largely, they didn't get paid well at all for doing that. So we took that off of the table to make it safe and effective and obviously quality control. So once we gather all that, we have storage facilities around the Sahadu where we can hold the fruit for up to four or five plus years because once it's kept in the the shell, the the nut's good. We've done long-term tests. We've done stability tests on the nut inside. So we have basically a hermetically sealed natural fruit protecting the nut so we store these and as soon as we need them or need to process them then we bring these these into one of our two facilities in the sahadu where we are able to bring uh de-crack so crack the shell uh get the nut out effectively and then we go into a kill step a boil so we kill off any microbiological that could have uh, influence the nut after it was cracked open and then we go into a roasting process and then that roasting process uh, is a, a short window of time where it gets roasted and all of our nutritional data all of our testing comes after roasting there's a little trick and it's not a good trick in the industry where they'll test it in its raw state before it's fully processed mm-hmm. and tell you it's got all these nutrients when in fact, after process, it has very little. So all, and that's just a, a, you know, a thing that people don't care that, that people in the industry don't care to tell you or share. Um, so after that roasting process, it's packaged, 
and then uh, and then shipped. So, mm-hmm. and we control that whole process. We even control it to the point of having temperature gauges in the shipping containers and, and we nitrogen flush. So we take out all um, oxygen so it's not able to break down at all. So when you open that bag, you get that full crunch, that full potency, and then a, a year shelf life. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, in, in a sense, it sounds easy, um, no. but it, it's taken a lot, lot of passion and hard work in order to mechanize that, which is a wild food in, in a, in a big area. And then of course, you know, we, we have our uh, nurseries and our tree planting programs. And, uh, that is, uh, that is something that, that, you know, as an end result of people getting a great tasting nutrient dense snack that we actually get to be a part of conscious consumerism and environmental impact authentically, not just talking about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, so nutritionally, how do they compare to other nuts? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's kind of, we have a chart on the web on our, on our website, barucas.com and you can literally look at the comparison of every single nut. Um, so if you take, if you compare every nut, we're, we're basically the highest in almost every category. Certainly higher in fiber, certainly higher than antioxidants. Um, the highest with uh, um, uh, peanuts and protein. Um, and then the micronutrients, uh, the calcium, the magnesium, the iron are some of the highest uh, micronutrients. And so we really are proud of that chart that you see, because that's where we can really back up saying, this is a super nut of the Savannah. This may be is as much as we know right now about the nuts and the seeds in the world. This is the most nutrient dense nut we've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Mark and I know a lot about being nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys are maybe the original super nuts. (laughs) i resemble that remark (laughs) i would need to add that to my business uh card yeah um uh, last question for me before mark takes over um has it been a hot sell to the american public has it been a hot sell hard hard sell a hard sell it's not a hard sell once we have exposure once people taste it it yeah. boom it it it's such an amazing we've been to several trade shows and once people eat it you can see almost a hundred percent of the time they can't believe it because number one they've never heard of it and we're talking yeah. european buyers u.s buyers of the people that have sold nuts for 20 years those kind of people plus regular people They can't believe that it tastes so good and they haven't known about it. Um, So, so when we get exposure to people and they actually get to taste it, we've got a customer Um, and and people convert to like, this is my favorite nut. And listen, I've been consuming it for three and a half years. Hell, I want the business to succeed just so I can keep having my habit uh, be supplied myself. So, You know, and kids who don't have a filter, kids reach for this all the time. Uh, and, and, and that, to me, says so much 
when a kid's not going to eat something they don't they don't like, uh, certainly not up by their own accord. Absolutely. So um, quickly, um, can you um, go back and explain your reforestation project? Yeah. So so the program is set to essentially for every five pounds uh, we plant a tree, um, and this is. Uh, after meetings with the uh, forestry service, uh, nonprofits, uh, doing uh, census reports of how many trees are in the wild, talking to, to UCLA um, uh, agroforestry experts, uh, Dr. Paul Fine, uh, uh, Tarek Millerone, like these kind of guys really did our research on understanding um, how we can do this. And how we do that is we have these nurseries. Um, and the cool thing about the strength of that nut is it has such a high germination rate. So once we plant these seedlings, we distribute them to the indigenous people so that they can replant in the wild. And then we also guarantee that will buy the fruit when it fruits. Of course, it's going to take a while because it starts fruiting at maybe six, seven, eight years, 10 until it's fully mature and dropping a lot of fruit. Um, but that's the cool thing. Our vision is a lot longer and farther than just a couple years. We want to give these plants and these butterzata trees and then guarantee that, hey, we will buy these when you so they're investing into their own land again um, and in control of it themselves, empowering to them. Uh, and our goal this year is to plant a million trees. Um, and our overall goal is 20 million um, in the next, hopefully, 10 years. Um, so we're not messing around. We really want the sustainability of the business um, and this is all done. We got funding from a good friend of mine through a charitable trust. And that charitable trust is the funder of our project with the, the priority being the economic viability of the business so that we can plant those 20 million trees. So the heart of this company is, is in the right space with incredible with incredible partners doing it for the right reasons. All right. Mark, your turn. <laughs> yeah, Darren, you, you said, you know, you, you're operating across a huge area, um, obviously with, you know, as you said, tens of thousands of people during the picking season. Is there any government interaction? Is there any government assistance to what you're doing there? Yeah, we're, we're not direct government assistance, um, <clears throat> but we are talking to several uh, NGOs um, that are that are all about supporting the Sahadu and the climate of the Sahadu, um, and we're ongoing with those conversations. And they are already starting to plant some of these these trees, seeing and knowing through their research that this is extremely important in the Sahadu. Mm. And so, <clears throat> when we go back to their farmers we can start guaranteeing that we'll buy what it is that they're planting. So all of a sudden we're seeing organizations that through their own research, they're seeing the same things we are. Um, so by aligning 
obviously when you align with people and you have more people doing and going towards the right goals, um, you create a lot of power that mm. way in the right direction. And so that's, that's the, we have a lot of support. Um, people really do see through our reputation and through us on the ground uh, consistently. We have a great team in Brazil um, that people are seeing that we are you know, backing up what it is that we're saying by what it is that we're doing. Excellent. Now you mentioned obviously you, your main operation seems to be based around Brazil, but you also mentioned Peru and a couple of other countries. Have you made in, inroads into those much? Uh, yeah, for, well, not for the Barucas. The Barucas only grows in the Sahara. Uh -huh. um, you know, so while well, the Sahara touches on Paraguay, but it, but it's we we do have an operation in, in Bolivia, which is a, a very cool kind of bigger sized castanha or nut. Um, so we have a very strong presence in Bolivia as well. Um, I mean, I've done Peruvian adventures for over a decade. Uh, so I have very strong relationships and a lot of botanical inroads, uh, uh, in, in, in Peru. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's similar stories everywhere you go. If, if mm. you can create, if you can create if you can understand the people and understand what the environment is, understand the botanicals uh, and willing to do the work in the right way, we can help a lot of people through consumerism. Mm. We really can. Um, and, and I want to prove that uh, through the Brucus project and why not keep expanding? It's a dream of mine to, yeah. to, 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 to put a smile on the faces of the indigenous people um, and to support uh, medicinal plants going out to people so that they can benefit with a healthy life and the environment wins in the process rather than this monocropping craziness that we're, we're in mm. right now. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a mission, but you know, one step at a time and, and Barucas is our flagship in yeah. terms of demonstrating that this is absolutely possible. Excellent. Now, at, at the other end of the supply chain, um, where is it available at the moment? Uh, where we're selling it? Mm. Yeah. Um, I'd love to say that we're in the UK and Europe at this point. We're not. We have, we have, we're in the, on, in the US uh, going out to some retailers online on Amazon, barucas.com. Um, and we're very much, uh, well, we just signed, actually, it, it, sooner than later, we just signed a very big contract with a distributor uh, for Europe. Um, so that is happening. And so the good thing about that is we don't have to do the legwork hmm. of getting through the UK's um, uh, uh, quality standards, quality yeah. standards, um, which is a lot of work for every country. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, so, so we're with a really strong partner, um, and that should be rolling out fairly soon. And we're excited to start distributing throughout, uh, Europe and, and, uh, uh, the UK. Excellent. I don't suppose you've got packets. I don't actually, I'm, I'm like, I wish I did. I, I ate them all yesterday and I'm in between <laughs> out. I'm, let, let me get, let me get them. Oh, you got ah. some. Oh, great. 
Yeah, because uh, I'm in an interesting situation where I lost my house to a fire six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm in it back and forth between <clears throat> staying at a friend's house and rebuilding my house. So I have like, I have a bunch of things at my house that I'm, that I, the power is not turned on and I can't live there yet. And so I'm, I'm, I'm doing this a lot. <laughs> okay. Uh, Here they are. Hey. Beautiful. Can you Look see at it? that. Mm-hmm. I'm hiding my, my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and there's the back. Yeah. Look Excellent. at that. Yeah. We, we, I, I really love that packaging. And again, the, the website that people can find out about is barukas.com. Yep. Barukas.com. B A R U K A S.com. Super. Well, I mean, those are sort of the principal questions. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then social media, if you want to find out and updates and what we're doing and the tree planting and the nutritional material and stuff, uh, eat barukas on uh, at eat barucas uh on instagram mm-hmm. um and facebook um so we're constantly supplying more information there as well mm-hmm. do you have a twitter feed just out of interest uh i do i never use it but uh <laughs> i don't I, I actually don't know if barucas does but darren olean uh twitter mm-hmm. yep and then uh yeah Excellent. Well, I'm actually looking forward to those coming uh, over to Europe because um, out of the three of us, I'm the only one who's not tried them yet. No jealousy, no bad food. <laughs> yeah. You want to take a bite, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to vir- virtually pretend right now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been, it's been fascinating, actually. I've not heard of them um, in, in sort of in the general market it's only sort of through these channels and when alan was talking about chatting with you uh, some time ago that i started to look into it so it's it sounds fascinating yeah it is it's very fascinating um it might sound a strange question but have you got any more nuts up your sleeve that you'll be bringing to market <laughs> if we can well, say that in polite society of course for sure well we do have different presentations of the barucas so hmm. we're lightly salting with the great sea salt, we're uh, creating a butter right now. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the trail mix, the coming together of the fruit. And then we're exploring like some great dark chocolate over the burkus. And I'm telling you, mm-hmm. uh, you won't want to go to any other nut after you eat this. <laughs> Excellent. <Yeah>. Excellent. <clears throat> so the super nuts that you guys are, will actually be eating the super nut. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I'm looking forward to it. You have to send me a packet or six. We will. Mark, Definitely. Is, it, is it me or uh, do you hear a little bit of Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger in uh, Daring? He's got this, <laughs> this kind That's of look. Right. Absolutely. Yes, yes I'll be you? back. <laughs> you, you want some super nuts? Yes. <laughs> You've nailed that one, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's not the first time where you're told this, right? Not the first time. No. Right. Thank you again, Darren, for being on the local paleo show. And as we say in Texas, à votre santé, y'all. <laughs> really? I need yep. to go back really. to Texas. <laughs> All over Texas. You hear it everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs>
Well, uh, you know, considering I'm Texas French now.